everybody, welcome to Soul Food Priest with Father Ben. It's great to have you. I'm here with Kier Roddy and our friend Father Anthony Betzold. How are you doing, man? Doing good. It's good, good to, to have you guys you. again. Yeah, amen. Yes. Amen. You you are here in Memphis for how long? Just a couple days. Okay. Yeah, yeah. just a couple days. Yeah, I was called in to do a, a couple podcasts uh, yeah. by, yeah, just by, by a famous priest uh, yeah. in Memphis. So Very yeah. annoying. Yeah. 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 He, we nice all have our crosses, style. Father. Nice hairstyle. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. we all have good. our crosses. Yeah, yeah. I um, we were thinking uh, as we were, I was driving up here today, and I was thinking about uh, you guys probably know this, but seventy percent of the world is covered with water, right? Sixty percent of our bodies are composed of water. Water is mentioned in the Bible about seven hundred and twenty times. Um, do you guys know what temperature water boils at? I should. Have any idea? You yeah. know, you are scientist. Yeah, you are aware that so water so boils, I don't right? Celsius or Fahrenheit? Um, yeah, the, all those. I don't <laughs> feel so bad because the scientist is. <laughs> I don't want to say because I think there's a joke coming here. Oh uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, this is one of the first things one learns in cooking school. 132 degrees. Father. 100. 212 degrees oh. Fahrenheit. We okay. So, so, but how can you get, do you guys know how you can get the, the temperature of the water even higher than that? Mm. If you're boiling water, like how can you get it? High? I know you, that, that can do Well, and some people will say that well, that will work. Yeah. Um, and it, keeping in mind that water boils at different temperatures, okay, at different altitudes. So right. the water boils, and for instance, in Denver is different than Memphis. That's right. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but if you cover the lid... I got it right. Did, Did I you get it right? right? Oh, I, I didn't said hear if you. you. Put the lid on. Oh, very good. Yes. Very good. Okay, because that was the only thing. You awesome. put a lid on it. You put a lid on it, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice metaphor, Father. I, I still yeah. Throw it. Very good. Very good. Yeah. This. Uh, but it. I mean, what an amazing subject. Can you imagine if God had not made water? We'd be thirsty. I mean, seriously, dude. This is like. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it is, it, it's amazing to think about because then what would we do without the holy water fonts at the doors, yeah, right? I was I one of the, it was one of the most that. heartbreaking things during COVID when we, everybody started coming back to church and we couldn't have water. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it just feels so kind of yeah. abnormal, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so, but so many of our sacraments, uh, like our and different parts of the church, I should say, are based around water and the importance of water. Mm-hmm. If we think about like not just baptism, but also, for instance, and the, the priest uses water at mass to wash his hands, and we, we mix the water and the wine and the chalice. Um, I mean, it's really amazing. This is so much a part of who we are as Christians. I mean, 722 times it's mentioned in the Bible. You know, one of the most meaningful things during mass, in my experience as a priest, is the sprinkling right when you go yeah. down and you sprinkle people now you might be waking them up maybe that's yeah, what right. i'm yeah. thinking you know oh <laughs> yeah. i just got yeah. hit by water yeah. but even people get upset oh, i didn't get any water then you have to go back <laughs> and get up, you know and, and um people love that there's something mm-hmm. about the sprinkling right mm-hmm. you know and even in and if you've done retreats in monasteries the last thing that they'll do is the abbess or the abbot will sprinkle 
everybody oh, I didn't know that. after praying Psalm 91, you know, mm-hmm. uh, night prayer, um, Compline, they'll sprinkle them with holy water to mm-hmm. protect them for mm-hmm. the night. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? Beautiful. But there's something, mm-hmm. I think it's like in our DNA, you know, that mm-hmm. we like that. Yeah. It really is. It, it's amazing to think about, right? I mean, how the, the importance of water, I, I mentioned this specifically because I think in my opinion, when we talk about joy, in our last podcast, we were talking about the importance of the importance of a strong prayer life and the importance of having people around us that that kind of support us as parish priests and as people in the pews. And I think so much of this uh, fa- is found in joy. So much of joy is found in having those relationships in that prayer life. I was recently telling our people here at St. Mike's about uh, the study that they did uh, at Harvard University that started in 1938. And they recently published the data from this study that they did. It's the longest longitudinal study that's ever been done on human behavior ever. Wow. By, and it was done by Harvard. It is, and in fact, one of the people that they studied was President John F. Kennedy when he was a young man. He was part of the study. And so it has since included people from all parts of the globe, all demographics, all income levels, socioeconomic backgrounds. And they asked them really uh, one thing, you know, are you happy? And if you're, ha- if you're not happy, why? And if you are happy, why? And, um, and one of the things that the study shows is people that are happy, that uh, they are happy because they have good relationships. They have solid, good relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of joy is really based around that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, um, I don't know if, uh, I don't want to speak for you, Father, but I think part of our life as parish priests is that that gives us joy, is being with people. Yeah. And peaks, valleys, ups, downs, everything in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, a man came in to talk to me one day and he's telling me about all of his problems and he's very discouraged and depressed and and then and then I, I was just listening I didn't really say anything and then at the end of him telling me all about his problems he says well I guess I just need more of Jesus you know and he kind of said it I guess I just need more of Jesus you know and yeah. I said yeah because I was kind of happy you know I was a little drifting off I said eh, yeah and I said no. He said, no. I said, well, yes and no. You need more of Jesus, but you need more of Jesus in relationships. Mm. See, the thing is, like, I know you love this, too, because this was, this was your master's, you know, and, and, um, and JP, too, and, and TOB. But when you reflect on Adam and Eve, right? So Adam, God created Adam and gave him you know, his man cave. He had all the animals he wanted, you know, and his big screen TV, his little mm. fridge there with the his beer. And he, had, he had everything yeah. that he yeah, wanted. Totally. You know, Adam had everything that he wanted, and yet there was still something missing, right? So us men, we love our men, man caves, our places that we go <laughs> where we're going to be happy, right? But, but we know that um, there's still going to be something missing there. Mm. Now, was that to say that God's love was not enough right there? Well, in, in a way, but God's love, you see, is expressed in friendships, and it's expressed in relationships and in, in, in between people. 
all of our sacraments, right? I mean, I, I find it funny. I, find, I, I understand it, but when people say, well, I just go straight to God when I go to confession, right? I say, oh, well, do you do that for Mass too? Or are you going to yeah, do that yeah. on your deathbed? Or, or is the priest going to come? Or are you going to go straight to God, right? So, or the dentist or the doctor, or do you just go straight to God for all of those <laughs> things, right? And, and because the way that life is set up, and, and really, even as you understand suffering, poverty, things, loneliness, in a way, e- even the deficiencies of our life and of our fallen human nature are used with the grace of God to bring us together or intended mm-hmm. to do that, mm-hmm. not to isolate us. And because when it isn't good that we're alone and that it is when we find our happiness, when we are together, but not just together at a football game, you know, but when we're together in friendship, the deepest meaning of that friendship, when, when we, we care for one another and we experience mm-hmm. that. I think that's what people can, you know, go to confession as, I, think, I, do not, I don't mean to bring up a confession, but I, I do think it's tied to a spiritual joy here in the sense that people, you know, in their 40s and 50s can go to confession, but they go as eight-year-olds. Well, I did this twice. I did that three times. Yeah. Like, All right, three Hail Marys. Do your confession, right? <laughs> Second window, please drop yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Versus like, yeah, you know, um, we're an experience that the Lord intended it to be a real experience of him forgiving you and loving you. And that's why we have joy mm-hmm. and why we rejoice and, mm-hmm. and, and to restore in a way, yes, the, the parts of me that aren't functioning so well, but to restore relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, Father, that's, that's really where we will experience joy. If you think about this in your life, what are the, the greatest memories that you have in your life? The, the, uh, the good memories. Mm-hmm. The greatest good memories of it will be most likely have to do with um, in a context of a family, mm-hmm. a rejoicing and being, and it means being part of a family and being loved and by this family. That's where our greatest joys and memories come in life. Sometimes our, our greatest hurts as well, mm-hmm. but that tells us something that and, and and isn't it true that the Lord, in a way, how He spun his his message of the gospel in the kingdom of god it's it's all about the family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know the early christians right they they had a they got a bad reputation at least by the gossip of the pagans the roman pagans why well because they of, of incest well they're they're the brothers are marrying the sisters well we called everybody brother and sister oh yeah mm-hmm. and we called yeah. our elders father yeah papa mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it was just an and and our our the elder um, uh, women as mothers, mm-hmm. as we do in the monastic tradition, as we do yeah. now as priests, you know, father. It's we have it's, those relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I mean, what a great point. I, I know, Kira, too. You've done a lot of work when with the saints and studying the saints and and different catechetical things you've done. I mean, I think one of the things that has struck me. I mean, just to kind of echo Father's point is how many of the saints. Like we see saints that help saints become saints, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's mm-hmm. Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, Mother Teresa, John Paul II, mm-hmm. uh, Francis de Sales, Jane Francis de Chantal, ben, uh, Saint Benedict and his sister Scholastica. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
what would you kind of echoing that point? I mean, like when you kind of think about the lives of the saints, is there something that kind of strikes you about a joy and the, and the lessons that they have to teach us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, the saints, they just, they never, I, I remember going to a class one time uh, and it was just, it was beautiful. It was just, we were just all these people, we spent a week together. We were in this, in this one class and it was at the Theology of the Body Institute and we didn't really know each other going into it. And then we leave there and uh, it was hard because we had grown in this deep relationship where the Lord was center and was the central key figure. And we went to, some of us go to the airport and we're about to part ways, but we're, we had a couple of hours to kill before we board our planes. And so we would go to a restaurant and we would sit there and we would talk and we were about to get up and about to start boarding our flights. And it was hard, it was a hard thing to get up. And I remember one of, it was a deacon at the time, he's now a priest. I remember he, he told us, he said, it's so hard to do this because this is really what the communion of saints really is. Like mm-hmm. we were experiencing kind of the communion of the saints where it was, we didn't want to leave each other, even though about five days before, we didn't even know each mm. other. But because of that relationship and because mm. Christ was center and we had, we had grown mm. in knowledge of him and grown deeper together and kind of wrestled through some of it together um, and prayed together and celebrated the Eucharist together, it was hard for us mm-hmm. to leave because you could be vulnerable with each other. You knew you were safe. You knew you, were, you weren't being judged. Mm-hmm. You just, it, it was just really beautiful. And that was, he brought that to mind. Mm-hmm. This is the communion of the saints. And I think about that when I think about like Scholastica and Benedict, mm-hmm. you know, the last moment they had together, you know, she didn't want it to end. Yeah. And Benedict was like, nope, I got to go. And so she prayed, Lord, keep him here. I want to have one more conversation with my brother and a thunderstorm came. <laughs> so Benedict didn't get his way, you know, St. So Benedict didn't get his way, but it was just this you just have to imagine those nights, those, those moments were just in the midst of chaos and heresy and struggles mm-hmm. and strife that they were all dealing with. Those moments together, mm-hmm. I, to experience that is something is beyond. It's, it's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think about after I experienced that, I really start looking at the saints mm-hmm. differently mm-hmm. when they would come together, where you see where they would come together. It was a it was something cherished and yeah. treasured. So. Great point. Great point. I mean, it really is kind of something beyond the physical to the metaphysical. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we, anybody that's ever worked with um, <clears throat> veterans of a certain age, my dad is part of this group here in Memphis called Forever Young Veterans. Mm-hmm. So all the vets from surviving vets from World War II, Vietnam, Korean War, mm-hmm. Iraq War, they get they would get together and spend time together, and you see the exact same thing where mm-hmm. you're talking about mm-hmm. too, Carrie, is that. Um, these men and women that have gone through hell and back mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. You, you develop a deep, deep sense mm-hmm. of connection with these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the, one of the things I've seen in, in just getting to know some of these vets is they never ever tell even their own spouse some of the things they've gone through. Mm-hmm. But they get together in a group with these other vets and all of a sudden this tidal wave mm-hmm. uh, unleashes and you know the, their wives are like, 
I've been married to this man for 45 years. I never knew this, right? Because they didn't want to burden them with this. But it kind of touches on what you're talking Mm -hmm. about is I think sometimes um, in these, when we go through challenges, they say, for instance, in AA, only an alcoholic can truly help an alcoholic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So in other words, suffering can actually build up joy Mm -hmm. because of what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And I was going to ask, too, you know, because in our world, in our culture and in Hobby Lobby, there are signs that say <laughs> choose joy. Choose joy is is at a lot of a lot of places. So I kind of want to know from a priest's perspective, is joy something we can choose or that we can will? Like, you know, it's like, well, do you, if you want joy, you just need to get more joy. You know, you can choose it. So what would you, what would you two mm. say to say to that? What is joy and, mm. and how can we get more of it? Is it something we choose or what? That's a, it's a great, it's a great point. You know, when, um, uh, you know, I don't want to give a shout out to the Dominicans here, but we are, <laughs> Memphis, you know, and Thomas Aquinas, you know, sure, sure. he would say, you know, like the gifts Throw of the, bound, I, I will, mm-hmm. um, just for Sister Mary Lawrence, uh, so, the, so the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, they, they in a way complete and perfect the virtues in, in someone's life, right? So this is a very good point uh, and a good question that you bring up is that Many people think in their beginning of their walk with the Lord Jesus, you know, and it's a youthful thought, you know, and it's it's kind of a health wealth kind of thing. Like I'm gonna be happy with Jesus, amen, you know. <laughs> and then Monday morning rolls yeah. around, you know, and you're like, <laughs> wait a minute, well, yeah, you know, and wait, or or you're ordained a priest, yeah, you know, and then you know, a couple weeks in, you're like, oh. This is actually work. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is the thing that you understand about joy. And, and it is a particular, because it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So, so we would say that it's not that the Christians have the corner on this market, but it is something part of baptismal grace or sanctifying grace, is that it coexists with a person alongside of suffering. Mm-hmm. So we're going to mourn like everybody else. We're going to get sick. We're going to lose loved ones. Um, we're going to be depressed, you know, uh, so people might say, well, why, what good is it to be a Christian if your life's not any better, you know, and mm-hmm. no, it's just that we will suffer those things, but with an aspect of joy in our life. Mm-hmm. And this will puzzle people. How is it uh, you can live a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience and be joyful? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how is that possible? Or how is it that, that um, this is what, how Edith Stein came to the came to the faith was that she she had a friend who had lost her husband in in the war and and the wife you know and she was a mother she was actually joyful oh he went to he went to the lord this puzzled her she didn't have faith Mm -hmm. this joy puzzled her and that's what we would say um that the gift of of the holy spirit it it helps us in our times and why even the martyrs can go into the amphitheater or uh, Thomas More can lay down his his neck to be chopped off by at the at the command of Henry VIII, and he said, "Oh, don't touch my beard. That didn't commit treason." You know, his last <laughs> words. Well, his last words were, "Jesus, I love you. Just don't touch my beard." You know, and so that they can have this joy um, that coincides with, "Wow, I'm going to lose my life right here." You know, and so it's a very very good question to to ask. 
um, about that that deepest meaning of of joy with us, you know, and and it, it is it is a gift, but you do have to work at it, because we have this experience. Like Pope Francis said this to religious, he said about the the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter says, "Lord, it's so good that we're here," and he said, and Pope Francis said, "If only that were true for <laughs> our experience, right?" Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. that's not our experience ninety nine percent of the time. And so you have to push back against that because if the world sees, if you will, a non-believer sees an unhappy priest or an unhappy sister or unhappy Christian or whatever, they're going to say, well, what, Yeah. you you know, is this the fruit of your faith? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if it sees that true gift, not just being happy, but the true gift of the Holy Spirit on your face and your words, Amidst your sufferings and the things that, that, that you know, that beat you down, they're going to be, they're going to scratch their head and like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And that's going to attract them. When we think about the future of the church, what is going to attract people to the joy amidst this crazy world? Mm-hmm. Do you know, I think some people think when Jesus came out of the gates, right? All right, the bell rings, he's coming out of the gates, you know, and repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, you know, why he had all these people following him, was he had some magic, Harry Potter, going in his language and things, you know, or, or even Peter in his first homily converted 3,000 people, well, it was the Holy Spirit who cast a spell on those people, you know, and why he didn't want to get baptized. No, what was it? about their speech and about their appearance and about their face. That's why I don't like masks, mm. especially as a priest, is that there was an aspect of joy that people had never seen before. Mm-hmm. In Jesus's time, they'd never seen someone speak to them, not only with that love, but with joy. They thought Peter was drunk. He, he was preaching to them with even a hard message, but with joy. That is what appeals to us and is what appeals to youth and what attracts us. Mm-hmm. And, and that is you have to push back against that because most days we don't feel yeah. like that, do we? Yeah, that's right. We that's don't right. feel like it. it. At 100%, I mean, it, it, to your point, and, and you, you brought this up too, Kara, it's, it is a choice. It is a choice. And um, how many times we've been with cancer patients or whatever, people that are going through these challenges and they're, they, they choose it, they will it. Um, I would say though too, maybe um, like to, to kind of echo your question a little bit, mm-hmm. Kira, is that I think there's, it's important to delineate between authenticated joy or joy and not just giddiness or being in a good mood, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine too, you know, in the sense that we all have those kind of moments. Mm-hmm. You know, you're driving down the road and they play uh, a song that you heard when you were 12 and like, dude, I totally remember this. I can't remember my own name most of the time, but I know all the words to this one hit wonder from the 1980s. And then you're in, you know, you're in a great mood because you love this song or it's a beautiful day. Right. Mm-hmm. But real, real joy is a deeper sense of, um, you know, I, I've, God's got this in my life. God's got this. It's mm. going to be okay. Um, and I think that's part of the, the cool thing about getting older. Mm-hmm. Like, and like we were talking about before, there's, there's a deeper awareness that, okay, we've weathered some storms in life. Mm-hmm. We've come through some, some valleys. Um, 
Uh, I've taken a few on the chin over the years as, as an adult, mm-hmm. but God's seen me through it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, in my opinion, that kind of joy uh, really resonates deeply. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Beautiful. Good stuff. And I have to say, I, in thinking about sitting down with you two priests today has brought me great, great joy. Mm. I, all weekend long, I've been so excited about this, um, you know, because I know a lot of my family and friends listen to this podcast, and these two priests um, have made a huge impact in my spiritual life and have have definitely allowed joy to flourish in my life. So it is a privilege and an honor to sit here with the two of you and to get to share you mm. with with a lot of a lot of people. So thank you guys thank for, you, Thanks, for being Kira. here thank and you. for your priesthood. It brings thank a lot you. of joy. Thank you. And thank you, Father, for being here with us. Listen, you're always welcome in Elvis land. Yeah, okay. exactly. I'm going to go always, look for him right now. I mean, seriously. <laughs> What's your favorite Elvis song? The Hail Mary. Oh. What? He did do, he sang oh, the Hail Mary. Yeah, that's right. He that's did, right. Yeah. Did. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Mine is Suspicious Minds. That's mine, too. Yeah. I, that's my fave. Yeah. It's my fave. And we and have video of Father dancing to Suspicious No, I've destroyed Minds. it all. I've destroyed it all. <laughs> With God, all things are possible. (laughs) Listen, don't forget to put soul in your food and give food to your soul. God bless you. God bless.